Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. I'm joined by Todd. Scott will be along shortly. Todd is at TC underscore Kasho. What's going on, brother? How are you? My man, any day that you get to talk about a Tottenham Hotspur team keeping a clean sheet and picking up three points in the league is a good fucking day. It's a good day. It is that. I'm good, man. We decided to kind of jump on, do a little midweek pod. Uh, We've gotten away from these a little bit in recent history on the Tottenham Depot just because, you know, our lives are getting in the way. We've been busy. Um, but, you know, we, we try to pop in and do a midweek midweek pod every now and again. And this seems like a good occasion to do one because Tottenham Hotspur came out after seeing their match postponed on Sunday away to Burnley. They came back home, got themselves warmed up after being covered in the snow and kind of went out and kicked Brentford's ass and got a 2-0 victory. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the same exact lineup that we were going to see against Burnley. And I think that's fine. Um, and this was, look, I, going back into my memory bank, I mean, you go back to the first three Premier League matches of the season with the one nil victories. Mm. Uh, what was that? City, Wolves, and I'm missing one in there. I can't remember. Who Southampton? Somebody? Uh, City, something like that. City, Wolves, Southampton or, or something. It was whatever it was. It wasn't impressive. I'll tell you that. Hey, Scotty. Yeah, Scotty's on board. What's up, brother? No, we'll get to him in a second. He's just looking sexy. Can you hear us, big dog? There we go. There, there he is. is. Scott's on board. Had my, had my computer muted. Fucking looks so weird. <laughs> he's he's good, man. No, I mean going. It was Todd. Todd. The point I was making was going back to those first three matches of the season. The, the one, the three one nil victories to start. I don't remember us playing a more complete game and even i don't even think those were as complete as this one was today against brentford no and i mean listen brentford's brentford's a mid-table side and that's that's a respect that is a uh i'm giving them a lot of respect in saying that they're currently sitting 12th after today um on 16 points so i see i i think you're downplaying that a little bit i think brentford are a dangerous team and i think this could have easily gone poorly had Spurs not come out and grab this game by the neck, which is what they did. Well, I agree with that entirely. So I, I, I want to go ahead and validate your point there. I feel like from the off, they were the aggressor. I felt like from the off, they were moving the ball. I saw Kane drop deep multiple times and send outlets to Reggion and Emerson and even Hoybier at one point in time. <laughs> like, And that was early on in the game. And so it's something where... This is what we've wanted as fans from a Tottenham Hotspur team yes. for years. I, and I say that, it's not hyperbole at this point in time. We've literally wanted this for years. And so we're, we're seeing a back three. Now, granted, it, it's featuring Eric Dyer and Ben Davies and Davidson Sanchez. Um, but we're seeing a back three, and, uh, and it's it's moving pretty well. Uh, you know what's our- funny about that, though? It, you, you bring up those two guys, the, the first two you mentioned, Dyer and Davies. Those guys play not only played really well today, but have played pretty well in general. So now, there's there's I'll a lot of San- Ben Davies love. I'll leave Sanchez out of that because I don't think he's played well, and I don't think he had a particularly fantastic game today. But Dyer, I will give the guy his flowers. He has played very very well. There are some people out there. I've seen it on the internet. I'm not going to to, to shame them or credit them or anything. There's some people out there who are saying that Eric Dyer might be the best player that Spurs have had all season. I think that might be going a little bit far, but I he's certainly, certainly think, been the best I defender. Certainly, I certainly think he's in the conversation. Well, he's certainly been the best defender that we've had all season. I yes. mean, we're playing wingbacks right now, so I wouldn't even, you know, you can't really. When I think about the way that, that Reggie and Emerson have played, uh, they both played well, but I, I 
I mean, I've definitely seen gaffes in their play, right? Sure. Um, and to be fair, I think we highlight Eric Dyer on a regular basis for how pedestrian he can be. Uh, and so to take the opportunity to say that he's been truly our defensive stalwart this season, I think I think he deserves that respect. Yeah. Um, to be entirely fair, though, Scotty, before I, before I have you hop in, I have to mention that if it weren't for the play of Horbier and Skip, I wouldn't be saying that about Eric Dyer right now. But go ahead. No, I mean, you're right about that. Skip's been fantastic. And people are slating PH's passing, but that's not really that important for what we're asking him to do. Right? I mean, it is, but um, you understand my, my, my point there. Um, but with Dyer, I think it's interesting, man, at, you know, dating all the way back to Pochettino, he's the one guy that every manager backs and puts on the field that we, that we've seen over this shit show of four managers, bang, 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 bang. Right. Um, and there's a reason for that. He's a fucking smart footballer and he conducts the back line really well. And you've got to have that guy, especially in a period where there's really no stability, you know, not only at, at, on the back line, but across the club in general. So there's, a, you know, there, there's a very specific reason why that guy has been, been picked by all, all four of these very talented managers um, even Nuno included in that, right? But um, he's a, you know, he's an important part of what we do, and it's under the radar, I think. So I'm, I'm glad it came up because he was uh, a very stable presence today. Um, and I think as we see him and Skip develop, um, it's not like it's like a one-two partnership, right? But as they learn, as they learn more about where what each other tends to do on the field, I think we'll continue to see us become more and more sturdy as the season goes on um, the clean sheet today too, you know, like you alluded to Todd, that's all credit to, to skip Hoybier and Dyer for, for securing that clean sheet. Right. And everybody back there played really well, but those three are just, I don't know, man, they're really starting to figure out how to protect the net. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, that's two clean sheets under Conte in the premier league, right? That this one in Everton, um, yeah, which are, which are really yeah. big and seven out of a nine possible points. I'm glad you brought up the midfield though, Scott, because I'm the one who who pointed out. I I, I put it on our group chat. That Pierre Milhoyer's passing today was was not a thing of beauty. But overall, yeah, I think he he, he played an okay game and skip skip. To be fair, to be fair, I'm sorry. That header from Peh to Sun for the Sun chance in the bottom yes. left hand corner that got saved by Fernandez, like that. Yes. that was a ball. It was pass. it was very good. Um, but but skips the one I really want to focus on here for a second because I think we all know what Pierre Milhoyer is and 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 will be going forward. Um, Skip Conte had some comments on Skip after the after the match. He said, "Quote: I think I can improve him a lot in possession and technically. We're talking about an important prospect. If he wants to become a top midfielder, he could, but he has has to continue the work. He ha- he uh, he has this will and desire to become an important player. I think those are comments from Antonio Conte that are really really fucking important because yeah. you talk about a guy like Skip. You know this is." another manager coming in who, who knows what and we kind of questioned when Conte was coming in what was going to be the value of Skip is was he going to be a guy that got pushed out with players like Indomile and and Lacelso and and Deli Ali in that midfield mix as well but no Skip has kind of grabbed this role um by you know by the throat and he's really taken it over and he was brilliant today and I think he's really impressing him for him to be impressing a manager like Antonio Conte at his age what is he 21 22 years old I think that's really huge, and I think we're seeing, you know, I was really skeptical on Skip coming coming at the beginning of the season, and everybody everybody else on this podcast was really big on him, and and you guys are sucking me in now. Like I am, I am on board with this guy becoming, 
you know, blossoming into a really, really good. And I'm okay if he doesn't get the, you know, all the, the, the publicity and the praise too. I want him kind of under the radar. I'm fine with that. Just let him continue to, to put in the work and, and, and do the things that he's doing because it, they really are. I think, I think Scott, the point you made, the, the way he's partnering up with the center backs and the way he's able to progress the ball. I'm not looking for him to be Musa Dembele or Victor Wanyama or, or Hoybier or, or Delhi or, or in Dombele. I'm not looking for him to be any of those people. I'm looking for him to be Oliver skip. And he's doing that really, really well right now. No, you, I, I couldn't agree more with any of that. And I think, what I like most about him, and you guys have heard me say this, is if if I'm a Premier League manager, I don't I don't want anything other uh, anything for my midfielders other than be in position at all times, receive the ball, move the ball, receive the ball, move the ball, show for the ball. That's it. Like yeah. I don't need fucking tricks or flicks or anything, man. Just play the position to the fundamental degree that it requires, right? And Oliver Skip does that so fucking well. He and he's so smart, man. Like even in his interviews, the way he conducts himself, you you can tell that he's a guy who understands the sport very well, knows what his role is, and is just willing to work super hard to to do his role correctly, right? Um, I I just I I think you know, and to your point about the comments. Antonio Conte does not overhype things. He's a very honest, direct person. Like he's he sees something in Skip and is really challenging him with those comments because it wasn't like this guy will be world class. It's you know paraphrasing. This guy could be very very good. He's got a lot of work to do, and I'd love to help him be a part of that. Right, and um, and that's all Spurs need. Right, they don't need a they don't need a world class midfielder. They need a really really good one to make things tick, and he's doing that right now. Speaking of a guy though that that, that makes things tick, I I want to go on to Hyungmin Sun really quick. T- Todd, this guy all of a sudden like. He'd been quietly having a really down season, and all of a sudden today he looked like like old Sonny. Like he looked like a new guy. He was running, he was fast, he was he was putting guys on ice skates, and obviously had the goal, had the I guess we'll call it assist on the own goal. Um, it was just outstanding for, for me. He was the man of the match, and it, it was just vintage Sonny for me. Well, I mean, you say that he's having a down season, but. Right. Is he, is he, is he really, is he, I think he's been, I think he's been somewhat quiet. I I wouldn't say it's a down season. I think he's been, I think he's been quieter than we're used to. Um, I mean, what do you want me to say to that, man? Sure. He's been quieter. I want you to, I just want you to praise Sonny for the game he had is all. I'm trying to tee you up. That's all. No. And I appreciate that. Cause, cause listen, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm shit. For the listeners at home, I'm taking my shirt, my jacket off because I'm literally wearing the sunny kit. Take your shirt off too while you're at it. We we are we are watching you here. Come on, man. Well, hey, it's December. It's a celebration, uh, right? It is the celebration, bitches. But it is uh, it's December. You're fine, but in San Diego, which is always shirtless weather, just know. Um, (laughs) Anyway, this is what I'm going to say: is that this team under Antonio Conte will be better than the sum of its parts. Okay. Which, which I think is what you ask for when, when you have when you have what Tottenham have, right? Absolutely. A big part of that is going to be Harry Kane seeing the outlet passes and delivering them to runners and young men's son being fucking lethal in the box. Um, and he was. And so you know, you're saying like, oh, I see your, I see your eyes on that, Andrew. But and for, for the listener at home, Andrew was like, really? No, <laughs> but no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I, yeah, I, I, you're gonna need sure. you're gonna need Kane. To because Scotty's gonna love to come on and talk about how old Buddy wasn't fit and this, that, and the other thing. And you're right. He's he's listen, 
he took a beating in the Premier League, and he, he had glass ankles to begin with uh, over the course of the last five years. It's 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 been it's been a lot. I'm not necessarily sure that he's entirely focused on on um, going 100 percent for Tottenham Hotspur these days. And so you're going to need uh, truly a potentially a talisman type player like Hyungman Sun to come through and do what Hyungman Sun does. Um, I was thankful to see it. I am encouraged by the way that our offense is playing under Antonio Conte and how we're utilizing the fact that both Sergio and Sonny are lightning quick. And actually, to his credit, Emerson was faster going forward today than I think we've seen him since he came here. So, like, I, I think that there are positives that abound. Sonny's definitely the, the lead dog in that regard. But I've been telling you guys this entire year that Oliver Skip is the best midfielder that we have in this roster. And today, I think everybody else is starting to get on board with that. Well, yeah, no, I agreed on Skip, but on, I want to get in on Kane too because this is this is really exciting for me. So, what you <laughs> noticed today was an, a three-four-three again, right? Um, and we've been asking where's the creativity going to come from, and it came from fucking Harry Kane again today. Like it just keeps happening over and over and over. And here's what what I think Conte has realized. Like you said this, Andrew, in the chat, you. Emerson's staying back. Regulon's getting forward. Davies is sliding over to left even, back. Yeah, even, even Ben Davis right? getting forward, right? And it's perfect because Sanchez needs help, and Emerson's a better defender than he is going forward. He just doesn't have that that attacking acumen, as you guys have heard me say often, right? He can he can learn that, but we cannot mistake athleticism for being a good wing back, right? It's it's a very specific position, right? So it's 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 effective for Emerson to stay back and support Sanchez for Regulon to get forward. Now here's what's interesting: like Harry Kane, both center backs are sucked to that dude. Like you're scared shitless when you play Harry Kane and you're a center back. You just know you're fucked all day long, right? So Kane gets the ball, both center backs track him. Regulon, Kane, Lucas, gone. And Kane can just pop the ball over the top to him. Like, we're going to see that all fucking season long under Conte. He's figuring out how to – he's not figuring out. Conte knows how to, but he's teaching the team how to transition very effectively, and I think that's going to be our counter all season long. Kane dropping back. Yeah, and that second goal was was just the the picture-perfect example of that. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, it was exactly what what you're talking about, Scott, and it was – like you said, it was a thing of beauty. Well, one other thing that I that I noticed about this match, and and our good friend Dustin Dietz asked the question on on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And this is this was another thing that I really noticed. And I don't know if this has to do with the fact that Spurs didn't play on Sunday and they had extra training, but he he wanted to know: Did you guys notice a difference in improvement in fitness today? Because I thought I did. I thought this team looked like it was out just simply outrunning everyone. I honestly, I think, and, and Scotty, I, I want to know what you feel on this, especially having played in the elements in your life, going up to Burnley and not having to play that match, <laughs> I think breathed a uh, uh, fresh life into this squad. I think the, the amount we always talk about how much going to turf more sucks ass. And that's exactly why is because it's not usually that shitty, but it's usually close. <laughs> and so and, and, um, when the game got canceled, I was talking to my children they were like, they were like, Daddy, how come no Tottenham today? And I said, Well, because um, there's inclement weather, kids. And they, sh- I showed them the picture of of all of that. They're like, Oh, they couldn't clear that and just play on top of it. And I was like, No, 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 no. That's how you get hurt. Like that's where you try to make your body do normal things on on not normal surfaces, and you get injured. 
And if you're Davidson Sanchez, you don't even need that inclement weather to do that. These are facts. Uh, but Scotty, I, uh, I, I'm curious what you think. Have you ever had a situation where you were like dreading a game that you had to play and it got called off and you like went on a run right after that? Yeah. I mean, I think my, my biggest issues with inclement weather growing up were more baseball related. Um, and that was the timing of soccer and the fact that I was much more invested in baseball at, you know, at a higher level, whatnot, but those there are some baseball games where you're where you're asked to play in the 30s and 40s and that's fucking terrifying man like i want nothing to do with that right so i totally can can uh can see a situation where the players were thrilled that they didn't have to play in that weather you know you said playing playing baseball when you can't feel your hands and fingers is not easy fucking brutal man i pitch too so like you know you you lose your breaking pitches like everything right it becomes a very stripped down version of the sport which is going to be the same for soccer you know, we, we saw those games that did take place over the weekend. Um, it was it was kind of like I, I, I just watched highlights. Right. But I was kind of on pins and needles anytime somebody was was counterattacking because I was just expecting some sort of injury to happen. Right. Any any quick transition where players well, are asked to stop and start or just something um, weird, you know, just some just a weird bounce, a weird slip, something something strange. And, and you don't even really get a full representative of, of what each, you know, there's something to be said for fighting through that adversity, but you don't get a full representative of what sh- what each team is putting out there on the pitch either. When yeah. when there's just weird elements to it, exactly. It just it becomes a very different version of the sport. So, and, and as you guys know, I I overslept and woke up at seven a.m. Which <laughs> yeah, anyone else who's listening, us three understand this, but I don't want to hear your fucking bullshit about having to wake up. All right, like I woke up at six fifty in a.m. and I was late. I missed the first half technically, right? So I flipped the switch on and but you uh, didn't actually. Game, which the game anyway so i was thrilled um and honestly i love looking at the table with a game in hand right now it's it's pretty fantastic and um, we're we're gonna get to that trust me that is that is a big thing well yeah and i said it on the show on our last episode but um i was all for giving conte another three or four days with this team right before points were on the table because every fucking point matters right now and for us to get another four days of training with my my opinion, the best manager in the world, without having to risk any points, was fantastic. Yeah, it's you're you're right. It's a beautiful thing. the the other The other Conte quote that I wanted to highlight coming out of this match that and and again we're recording this only about 30, 40 minutes after the game ended, so the quotes are still coming out. But uh, Antonio Conte told reporters the players the players know his expectations. They have until midnight tonight to to enjoy this win at twelve oh one they start focusing on Sunday and against Norwich. And I don't know. There's something about Conte. Like some of it is coach speak that, that we got with Nuno, but it's like, it's there's, there's more gusto to it. it. And it's, and and I'm not trying to slight Nuno or anything, but Nuno never really gave anything to the press. Conte is saying things that just get you kind of like, they, they, they give you a little tingle. They get you kind of fired up and, it there. I don't know. Something like that. Hearing, just hearing something like that. Like, no, this, there's no, this is this the this feeling it's a really nice win and you beat you beat Brentford at home 2-0 but this feeling's not going to linger for 2-3 days because it can't because they've got more work to do in another game coming up Sunday and that's important at any time of the year but in the month of December when when the games are 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 so coming so often i mean i think i read it's 10 games in the next 30 days including this one for, for Spurs i mean when you've got that kind of fixture list coming up comments like that are important to hear from your manager and 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 hear going forward going into Sunday yeah, and, it shows confidence, Scott. No, I I agree. I mean, I and and if you want to elaborate on that, 
you know, feel free, but I, I think I agree. And, the, and kind of the, the point I wanted to make with regards to confidence is when you look at Nuno, right. Um, if I'm, if I'm Kane, obviously, but even if I'm a guy like, like, you know, Hyungmin's son or, or PEH, you know, what the manager is asking of me, I know in the back of my head that there's questions being asked of him. Right. And I'm, I know in the back of my head that he's probably going to need me to accomplish some goals of his, right. That he hasn't accomplished yet, but and it's like, this is all subconscious, right? This is all like, like sports psychology shit. But then you look at, you look at Conte coming in. He's, Conte is asking questions of the club rather than the club asking questions of the manager, right? Like Conte is coming in and saying, you have a very short time to prove to me I should be here. And so if I'm a guy like Harry Kane and I look at everything Conte has won, I'm letting, I'm sitting there fucking drooling. Like we all saw the Amazon documentary with Mourinho and Kane was like a little puppy dog. He was like (laughs) talking the meeting, you know, because it's Jose Mourinho. Like you're, you're starstruck at that point. He's your manager now. And the same thing's happening with Conte, but it's happening with, with a Conte who's probably much more palpable and palatable, you know, to the squad in a lot of ways. Um, He's very passionate. He's, he's, very 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 you know defensive of his players so long as you know they're doing what's asked and you know suffering for the team but he's he's somebody that certainly has all the clout required to tell Harry Kane to fuck himself and I think Harry Kane understands that and and is responding well to it you know well and you see the difference too when a guy like Sun comes off the pitch and and he gets a big hug and and the reaction Mm -hmm. after the match between those two and you can kind of see I think you're seeing some differences but that's a much it's a much larger conversation for a for, for a much longer pod, which is yeah. not going to be happening today, guys. We're going to grab a quick break, and we got plenty more to talk about. Uh, you mentioned the, the table. I want to look at that. Uh, we've got another question to get to, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the injury news that's come out about Spurs, and we'll do all that right after this break. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stetka. Got Todd at TC underscore show and Scott at DSM Spurs along with. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, gentlemen, news came out earlier this week about Christian Romero. The injury that he suffered on international duty is a little worse than expected. He is now going to be out uh, at least through the end of the calendar year and probably much into January. I, from things I've read, it's sometime January, maybe early February, that he won't be back. Um, I guess that means, and, and we saw it against Brentford, that Davinson Sanchez is the go-to guy uh, in, in that right center back spot, which, again, makes me a little nervous. But um, I, I, guess, I guess what I want to focus on is just how much this sucks for Christian Romero because this felt like Antonio Conte coming in here was going to be, I think we talked about it when Conte came in, he was going to be one of the really big beneficiaries of, of this managerial switch. And now that he's missing some time, um, it, it feels like kind of a, it's, it's a damper. It, it kind of, it, it sucks. I mean, if Spurs can continue to go out and put out clean sheets without him, that's a great thing. But I re- I was really looking forward to seeing Christian Romero and, and now he's going to miss some time. 
Well, listen, like you're you're absolutely right. Anytime you bring in a big signing, anytime you bring in somebody who you know automatically take, makes your team better just by stepping on the pitch, like it's a bummer when they're not there. Uh, this move with Antonio Conte and especially going to a back three that would allow Christian Romero to play that center spot uh, and, and and play really high and do the things that Christian Romero does exceptionally well um, is something we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to see. And that's true. It's a bummer. But I'll tell you what, Andrew, if we're dealing with a hamstring right now, I'd much rather him – Conte come out and say, you know what, Romero's done until after the first of the year. Then try to hem and haw about maybe yes. he will, maybe he won't in the next 30 days when we've got 10 matches to play. That's true. And That's so, a very good point. Sit his ass. Sit his ass. And let's get through Brentford, Norwich, Brighton, Leicester. And, you know, yeah, there's going to be some squeaky bum, bum, squeaky bum moments between uh, – you know, the 19th when we're at Liverpool, that cup match against the Spammers and then Boxing Day at uh, at Crystal Palace. And then, oh, the day after the or two days after that at Southampton. Yeah. Uh, I think actually I think that's at one's home. There's going to be some squeaky bum times in there because realistically, we're going to look over at the bench and it's going to be it, it's 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 going to be Jaffa Tanganga. Uh, and and that's what we're going to have. And, jo- and Joey wrote on. So what does that say to me, the Christian Romero injury? Don't be surprised if Paratici is out there doing Paratici things and brings in another defender in January. Oh, I hope so. I mean, I, I hope. Well, I mean, we, we hope. So. And, yeah. But I think it now gets prioritized is what I'm saying. Might we finally, finally see the Milan Skriniar saga come to an end? <laughs> no, I, I heard mean, that we were getting uh, Vadriz or whatever his name is. DeVries or oh DeVries, interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen that over Scrinyar. And honestly, I think there's probably more value there. In the he, price, he's, but... a, he's in Milan, Inter. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, he's somewhere in Italy. But yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it'll, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's somebody from Inter, right? Obviously, Conte, and then the fact that they need money badly. Um, yeah, but we're gonna have to get a center back in. But I think we were probably always going to, to be completely honest. It, it doesn't seem like the manager trust wrote on too much and. You know, hopefully I'm just speculating and, and putting cars before horses and, and I'm proving it wrong. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be Dyer, Dyer Davies and, and Sanchez with Tanganga as the fourth option, you know, until Romero gets back, in my opinion. And we'll see what happens with Rodon. Um, Rodon, I think, did I don't mean to pick on Rodon. I like Rodon a lot, but I think he did himself a huge disservice um, against Mura on their first goal when he totally, totally just like, collapse instead of just stepping to the ball um it was a very timid play and it's probably something that Conte was not happy with knowing knowing the type of manager he is but um you know the nice part about all of this is we have a manager who's going to manage that back line really well and I think we have guys who are smart and athletic and intelligent enough uh to 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 do a job you know as long as they're coached properly and you know I think hate saying it because I was a pro Mourinho guy, but I I think under Mourinho and Nuno, we just kind of lost a little bit of that coaching piece that we had under Pochettino, and that's come back as well. So, Well, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I kind of disagree. And, and the only reason why is because we saw Harry Kane and Youngman's son be more productive than they've ever been together in, in the history of their time at Tottenham under Mourinho, and that lends itself directly to coaching. Like, suck him in, hit him on the break. Suck him in, hit him on the break. Now, now granted, that fell off. When that when fell off, hurt. exactly. And when you started to have to rely on guys like Harry Winks to come in, well, and, do, and, and play I don't, in that that same individual, I don't know that that was individual coaching, though, as much as 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 scheme and tactics set up. That's well, fair. That's fair. 
That's well, fair. I think that, but because the, the individual coach, coach, the individual coaching point comes when when Conte talks about a guy like Oliver Skip, and he thinks he can turn him into this, this, and this tactically and in possession and those kinds of things. I think that's what the individual like, part. Well, here's the thing: when I say coaching, I, I mean that has to include both tactics and man management. It does. It does that, from a game to game basis. But I'm talking about from 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 bettering a player individually you know, like Skip or like if he's going to be able to do it with a guy like Joe Rodon or Jaffa Tanganga, you know, as center backs, if he's going to do those things, he's going to improve them individually rather than, you know, as part of a team. Totally. I I completely agree. And I think that's where I say Poch and Conte have a leg up on the, on the other two guys. Right. I think, I think Mourinho is a master tactician. uh, And I think, I think with the right person from a management perspective, he can do a fantastic job. Like, like Todd said, Kane and Son were playing the best football they've ever played, and both were were seemingly pretty shook up by him departing from the club, right? So yes, um, without question. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably a lot of what pushed Kane out to his breaking point. Like, I had a chance to lift my trophy under a guy who is probably more equipped than anyone else to do this, right? And and you sack him for my buddy Mason, who I'd love to have a beer with, but um, you, <laughs> you know that's for, that's, that's, that's first team coach Ryan Mason to you. Hey, I've been a first team coach, right? You 13. <laughs> Guys, this, 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 this whole topic actually kind of dovetails perfectly into our next question. And it comes from our good friend, Caroline Stefko, who did a, an excellent women's segment in the, in the last podcast. If you have not heard it, go back to Sunday's pod, listen to the job that she did Thanks, um, breaking down the, the, the Spurs women. Um, but she asks, which of the fringe players has the best chance of staying on past January? And this is an interesting question to me because I actually think the answer is all of them. I don't think that the January is going to be a in a big shipping out month. Todd disagrees. I do. I do. I think we see Rodon. I think we see um, Stevie B. I think we potentially see Matt Doherty who did himself zero favors at the midweek. I I think we see people move, if for no other reason, because um, I think that there's still some attitudes that need to be adjusted. You know, it's interesting. All the reporting came out about about Stephen Bergvine and and Conte not having him in his plans going forward, and then he came on as a sub today. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if, if he's not in his plans, why is he even seeing the pitch? Um, cause Brian looked like shit. <laughs> yeah. But does that mean, yeah. I mean, I does mean, that mean I, Brian's not in his plans either? I mean, I just don't know. No, it's just, you give the kid a break and I, I don't know, man. Look, dude, Steve, Steven Bergvine is, is clearly a commodity, right? Whether he's mm-hmm. a fit for Tottenham Hotspur or not is, is he might be, uh, at, he, he might be at Tottenham Hotspur. He, you might be right about that. But what so, about, what about the players that, 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 I mean, for example, I think, I think the, the players that we're, we're talking about here are Delhi. In Dombele, Lasalso, that 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 midfield trio that is not really, you know, not really doing much. I think Delhi sticks around. I think Delhi can still can still do a job. I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion, but um, I think there's a number of players that, that that can stick around. Sure, there may be a few departures, but I don't think it's going to be a mass exodus in January. Scott, what do you think about January? I mean, I think we will. I think we'll see a fair few shipped out. Um, I think we will see Paratici finally having an influence on on that huge piece of the puzzle that we've always missed, which is just taking our licks and losing money on on players that aren't working out. Right? I think Paratici will have convinced Levy in the importance of doing a few things there that he's not 
apt to do. Um, I mean, I, I agree with pretty much everybody Todd mentioned that should be shipped out. Um, I, I, I said on, on a recent episode, and I stand by this, I don't ne- necessarily need to see Tongi Delhi or Matt Doherty ever play for Tottenham again. And I'm, I really, I'm not being like, I'm not trying to be like funny or dramatic when I say that. Like, I just, I really don't care to see them play for Spurs again. Um, I hope they get shipped out. And I, all, all we really need right now is we need to get a center back in. And I think, you know, if we can find some sort of creative presence in the midfield, that'll benefit us tremendously. But, um, you know, I think with, with what we have at our disposal, um, and Berg, Bergvine's an interesting one because um, as much as I think – as much as I think he could be moved on, if you look at if you look at the the I guess the discussion around him not being in the plans, it seems to be a bit more speculation, like any direct quote from Conte, right? Sure. Conte does come out and say, in a quote, I could see you know I could use Steven Bergvine as a backup. I'm totally paraphrasing, right? But as a backup to Kane before I would use Son there. Which, who knows what he actually means by that? But all that I'm pulling out of that is that he said Bergvon could be in his plans. Right. So um, that's, that's a very interesting one for me, but I think there are, you know, a good three to five guys who definitively need to need to leave the club quickly, not only for the club, but for their own career as well. And I really speak about Tongi and Delhi when I say that, right, because both are fucking fantastic footballers, but it's just not working here for them. And I think both could be very revitalized by a move as well. Well, I mean, is it something where you want to give up on that project? Seeing as the fact that, I mean, Deli Alley less than three years ago was a $100 million player and Tonkin Domblay was literally the person whom you broke the transfer record for. Like, Yeah, but I mean, breaking the transfer record doesn't mean that he's what we need. It just means that we have a pretty terrible scouting department, which I think we all know, right? But but I mean, that guy, that guy pulls up trees when he plays, man. Like that's, and yeah, that's the thing is like, how do you get I'd that say- guy motivated is what I care about. Like, how do you make that work? Yeah, can, but it, that's, get my, that's my yeah, issue. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to work there, right? Like, he's clearly a great footballer, and I just said that, right? But it, there is a reason, and I've said this fucking so many times on the show, but there's a very specific reason that I don't know that no one else was trying to buy that dude when we did. Because if anyone else was trying to buy him, they would have. Like, you know, you don't just pick fucking Tottenham over Man City if, if you're touted as one of the best midfielders, you know, in the game under under the age of 21. Um, you, you pick Bayern, you pick City, you pick Barcelona, you pick Real Madrid. You don't come to Spurs, right? And there's a reason we were able to secure his services. Um, at the time, I thought it was Poch and, oh, this great project. And, you know, maybe there's something to that in some sense. But there's no way we outspent clubs who who could have bought that guy if they really wanted him, right? Well, guys, as we look at the uh, at the table, uh, Spurs find themselves sixth, as, as Scott mentioned, and with that game in hand. So... They are two points behind West Ham for fourth, one 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 point behind Arsenal. Uh, hey, what happened in for, that game today, fifth. by the way? Yeah, Arsenal uh, uh, <laughs> falling on their face once again, losing 3-2 to Man United. Uh, graphic just showed on the television as, uh, uh, b- behind me here as I'm, as I'm watching this. Uh, Arsenal, uh, four defeats against clubs uh, in, in the Big Five, one win over Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> this season it's the only the only the only win they have against the other other teams other the other big clubs is uh, is against us uh which stings a little bit but as it was I at their place it was at their place and they find themselves only one point above tottenham and have played one more game so spurs with that game against um uh burnley in hand 
you know, can, can easily move above them and can easily move above West Ham as well and, and launch themselves kind of into the, the, the best of the rest, if you will. Um, Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool have obviously pulled away a little bit, um, and the three of them are going to compete for those top three spots. But that fourth spot, very, very much up for grabs. And Tottenham have a great opportunity to stack three more points because on Sunday, uh, Norwich come to town. And Norwich, while they've been playing better of late, they sit clearly in the relegation zone on 10 points after 14 matches. Um, and they are a team that is, you know, they're right for the taking. I mean, Norwich have gotten a few results. They got their first win a while back. Um, they beat this Brentford team, in fact. Uh, I believe that was their first win a few weeks back. Um, so they, they've they've turned in some good performances after the managerial change. But what do you guys uh, what do you guys think about this Sunday? I think this is another match where Spurs just go in and pretty much treat it like it was Brentford and just go go after Norwich and and you know I know Scott will be excited that he gets to see his boy Max Aaron's play, but um, other than that, <laughs> what do you guys think about Sunday going looking forward? I I I don't have a whole lot to say other than I expect a very similar setup and approaches today. Like you said, I don't I don't think you change much, right? I think we'll we'll see the exact same starting eleven. I think. Conte is getting these guys fit enough to be able to play a couple times a week, which I think was a huge disservice to us over the past 18 months. We didn't have enough depth to not be fit enough to play a couple times a week, right? So oh, say say um, that again. Say that again for the people in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fitness. Well, I mean, truly, the fitness is it was it was was on display today. I thought, and and you know, and on display, and especially in the Leeds match. I mean, that that is a big part of this. I think it's it's yeah, it's, a super, it's a super important thing. So. Yeah, listen, I mean, Norwich is Norwich, guys. Like, they're going to do the – Pookie's going to do Pookie things, right? I mean, we may see as, – as Americans, we may see a, uh, a Josh Sargent sighting at some point in time. Um, Tim Krul usually likes to stand on his head against us, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm not – there's nothing about these guys that I look at and go, oh, shit, Matthias Norman. It's like – Nah, we're good. We we should be able to go in and impose our will. And if we press, and if we if we if we have the vision that we had today from the midfield, <clears throat> all due respect to the PEH haters, uh, if we have the vision, <laughs> if we have the vision. That Look we me in the today, eye when you tell me that. <laughs> yeah, if we had the vision, if we had the vision that we had from the midfield today, I think we're going to win this game handily, Scott. Yeah, I think so too. I I don't. It's I weird. don't. Oh, it's go weird to be going in expecting that, though, right? <laughs> Yeah. Especially I mean, after what we've seen in the last 18 months. Let's just call that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No question. It's, it's weird to be going and expecting three points. It's weird to be doing a, a, a midweek pod with you guys again. This was fun. Uh, a shorter shorter version. We we pop in. We'd be excited for a little bit, and then we turn our attention to Sunday, just like the team's going to have to. Let's uh, fucking go. We will be back with you guys on Sunday after Norwich to talk about that one as well. Uh, Scott, you can follow him at DSM Spurs. You can follow Todd at TC underscore Cachot. You can follow me at Aestetka and follow the podcast at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram uh, until Sunday, boys, when we're hopefully talking about another three points in the bank. This has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, for what really makes this happen. Supporters make this club 
and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>